Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, uh, I want to talk about hope again. Uh, We did last Sunday morning, and I want to talk about it again. This morning, um, I tell you what, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And I want to talk this morning uh, on this subject of hope again. But um, what, I, what I want to talk about is hope and spiritual health. And how, uh, well, how, you're, how you got to have it to have spiritual health. Let's go here. I tell you what, let's just, let's just read one verse here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. Hey, got it? Say, I got it. All right, verse 13. The Bible says, And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, or love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Can you say amen? I want to talk to you about this because this is, you know, this is, this, this is really important. He talks about three spiritual forces that abide right now. Everybody say now. He talks about faith. How many know faith is pretty important, isn't it? And he talks about love. The King James uses the word charity or love, uh, the words agape. Uh, And then he talks about hope. Uh, And and he said, these things abide. The greatest of these, of course, is love. How many know if you don't have love? I mean, none of it works, right? But you still have to have the other things, right? Now, you know... Just like, you can, just, just like you can have natural health, you can have spiritual health. Mm-hmm. And just like, just like you can, how many know you can tell when someone, some, a lot of times you can tell when someone's not feeling well. They, they don't look well, you know. You don't, they, they have, their countenance isn't what it should be, right? Well, the same thing's true spiritually. You've got to have, you have spiritual health. And there's things that go into having spiritual health. How many other things that go into having natural health? How many are you supposed to eat right? Whatever that is. If you can figure it out in all the maze of information that we get today, God bless you, you're pretty good. Because sometimes, you know, I'll see these doctors of health and they'll talk about all the nutrients and supplements, which I'm not knocking any of those, and all the, you need so, so much of this, you need so much of that, you need so much of this, you need so much of that. And I think, man, how could you ingest all this in one day? Anybody, am I the only one that feels that way? He's like, no, I take all that stuff. No, no, you don't. Not all that. Hey, man, I saw one guy, you know, and he was, he was like one of these health guys. And I'm, you know, he was like, his skin was red, you know. And his son said, well, dad's on a beet diet. All he eats is beets. I thought, I'd rather go to heaven. All right, that's what it's going to take. Take me home, Jesus. I'm ready. Praise God. No, I don't eat beets. I never eat a beet. If they're at the marriage supper of the Lamb... I'll put them under the table. Praise God. But, you know, my point in saying that is, there, how many you know you, your body does need certain things to stay healthy? It needs certain nutrients and supplements and things that's going to stay healthy. It, it, it needs exercise. It needs a proper diet. You know, I, I don't know that you have to have a perfect diet. You know, like some people go overboard, like I, I'll never eat a piece of apple pie and ice cream. Well, I'll never say that because I will. I just realized if I eat that all the time, I'm probably going to get in trouble because my body wasn't made to live off of that. Right. Right? But, you know, it can handle some of that. Amen. You know, there's all kinds of things in the air that you're breathing in that can destroy you. But your body is filtered. It's got a filter in it to filter it out. Praise God. Thank God for it, you know. And so it's the same thing. You just don't want to abuse that, right? And so, you know, you, you know and I don't think you have to be, you know, uh, one of these uh, uh, exercise gurus or nuts. You know what I'm saying. You know what a fanatic is. It's somebody that's more excited than you are. But anyway, uh, you know, and there are some people that really are into that, you know, into that. You know, I mean, I, I saw Jack... Some of you that are younger won't know this name. I saw Jack Lalane. 
Some of you are older, you watched him on TV and you did the stretches and the, all that. And I saw him when he was in his 80s and man, he was still ripping, you know what I'm saying? I don't really care if I look like that when I'm in my 80s. I just want to be healthy. Amen. I don't want to be sagging too much. But my point in saying that is, is, is you, there's, there's, there's validity in that your body needs exercise, right? And there's certain things that your body needs if you're going to stay in health. Well, there's certain things that you need spiritually if you're going to stay in health. There's certain supplements that you need. You know, a lady passed out, and she was a younger lady, passed out in the, in the, in the bank. It's been a, years back, this lady passed out in the bank, just passed out in the uh, lobby, or not the lobby, but inside the bank. Just bam, over she went. And she's like, you know, probably at that time, I think she was in her uh, probably 30s, could have been 20s. And so it's like when somebody just that age just passes out, it's like there's something wrong here. You know what I'm saying? And so, but it turned out all she needed, listen, all she needed was a banana. She was low on potassium in her body. And if she had eaten a banana that morning, she wouldn't have passed out in the bank. There was a nutrient her body was missing. And for some believers today, there's a nutrient that your body's, that your spiritual body's missing. It's called hope. Hope. Now, we explained this last week. We said hope is not like, you know, how the world has their definition of hope. We, you know, we're hoping and praying. Have you ever heard that before? We're hoping and praying. Uh, it, it's not, Bible hope's not wishful thinking. It's an extreme expectation of good. Amen. And God wants us to have an expectation of good all the time. And I, I know people don't because they don't have joy about them. And if you're expecting, you got joy. Hallelujah. You know, if you're expecting something good, you know, Brother Roberts used to, or Roberts years ago, his program, he'd say, something good's going to happen to you. Remember that? I remember that. That's why every time on his program, he'd say, something good's going to happen to you. And then some people start complaining about him saying that, you know. Like, some people don't have anything to do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so it's like, well, what do you want him to say? Something bad's going to happen to you? Yeah, I don't want him saying that to me, do you? Uh, I'd rather hear something good's going to happen to you. Amen. Something good is going to happen to you. I may remember that. That probably doesn't sound anything like it. But anyway, that's the way it went. Something good is going to happen to you this very day. Remember, Jesus of Nazareth is, is walking by your way, see? Well, let me know. He's walked by our way. Praise God. So something good. See, in other words, what is hope? hope is an extreme expectation of something good. You expected something to change. You expected something good to happen. And that comes from the Word of God. Amen. We quoted the scripture, I think it was last week. It's second, excuse me, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, where it says that, if it, that before we knew Christ, before, before we were born again, we were without hope and without God in this world. See, it, Because we were strangers from the covenants of promise. We didn't know what belonged to us in the Bible. Did you know, if you don't, you know, you could be a Christian and you don't know the Bible promises, you don't have any hope in that area. Now, you may have some other hope, but you don't have any hope in that area, see. And so you'll get people that, you know, they get a diagnosed with a deadly disease and they don't go to a church that teaches on divine healing and therefore to them it's the end. See, it's real important what church, I say this to people, but they don't get it. I say this to people, it's real important what church you go to, right? Because if you don't go to a church that teaches on your covenant benefits, when you get in trouble, you're not going to have the faith to overcome. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's people that believe in the covenant benefits, but don't go to a church that preaches on the covenant benefits. And what's going to happen to them when trouble comes, even though they know the covenant benefits are real, they're still not going to have the faith to receive them. Because they've been sitting under the wrong kind of preaching. Amen. Paul said it's the word of faith which we preach. So it should bring faith. Remember, remember the Apostle Paul one time, it's in Acts 14. The, the Apostle Paul was uh, uh, at Lystra and it says, There he preached the gospel. And there said at Lystra uh, a certain man with, which was paralyzed, impotent, the Bible says, in his feet, who never had walked, being a cripple from his mother's womb. The same heard Paul speak, and Paul said, right. but Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. He said, stand upright on your feet. And the man stood and leaped and walked and was healed. 
But there's a lot of revelation in that verse if you'll just think about it. We know how faith comes. How does it come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? So how could this guy have faith for healing if he hadn't heard about healing? Isn't that a valid question? I mean, how could you have... How, it, it, what if you said, don't, don't, let me, don't let me forget I'm in Acts 14, all right? Somebody, I'm assigning you, Pastor Jerry, I'm in Acts 14. Acts 14. All right, what if, what if somebody said, just stood up after the service and said, you know, I'm believing the pastor is going to give me $1,000 today. I'm going to give you a book called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. And I really want you to pay attention to the foolishness and presumption part. Because, see, here's, here's, the, problem. Here, here's the problem with you saying that. If I didn't say it, how could you have faith for that? I would have to say it first. Now, if I said, I'm going to give somebody $1,000 today. Now, now, now don't, don't answer this because I'm going to answer it for you because I, I don't want you to make a mistake. But, but if I say, I'm going to give somebody, I'm teaching today, is this all right? Yeah. I, if, if I said, I'm going to give you a thousand, I'm, I'm going to give somebody a thousand dollars today, did you know you still couldn't have faith for that? You're a somebody, but you may not be the somebody. There's more than one somebody. If there's just one person in here, then you pretty much got it made. But if there's more than one, you still can't have faith for it. You can only have worldly Hope, wishful thinking. I hope it's me. But if I name you out and say, I'm going to give you $1,000 today, then you have, you, in, unless I'm a liar, you can have faith. How many know God's not a liar? So how did this guy get faith to be healed? Paul preached the what? The gospel. So the gospel, the gospel he's preaching must have been contained healing for this guy to get faith for it. So he must have heard Paul say something about divine healing. He, he believed it. He received it. He had faith, and he was healed. Amen. So, so, so you, it's, real important, it's real important that we understand that our hope comes from God's Word. Now, what is hope? It's an extreme expectation of good. It's, really expect, it's expecting something to happen, not just wishing something would happen, not I hope something happens. Maybe it'll change. We'll see. I mean, you know, that's not that's not Bible hope. Bible hope is I'm expecting something to happen. Yes. Amen. And so it's very important to our spiritual health that we don't let go of hope. Amen. Right. That we hang on to our hope. Now, Romans 15, 13. I want to just go there because I'm just going to teach today. I'm not going to do much preaching. I'm just going to do some teaching today. I think we need to I think we need to hear this. I don't care whether you do or not. You still do. I think we need to hear it. I don't see as much hope and expectation in the church as I used to. I'm not talking about our church. I'm just talking about the church. I don't see as much joy as I used to. We, we, we expected some things. We expected miracles. We expected things to happen. And you know what? Things happened. Things happened. I was talking to this, I was talking to the Lord about this years ago. I was talking about a certain time, a certain time frame back several years ago, when God was just doing so many things in our midst. I mean, so many healings and miracles and deliverances and just manifestations. And, and I was just, Lord, I want to know what's the key to this, you know, because is it prayer? Well, prayer is part of it, but it wasn't all prayer. He said, son, the thing of it is, is people are coming expecting something to happen. Right? Now, I've experienced that as a traveling ministry. Now, what happens is as a pastor, you're there every Sunday morning. People have to work not to get familiar with you. And it's just pastor again. It's just another message. And then you miss what God wants to say to you. But when you travel, sometimes you go to places they think you're God's gift to the body of Christ. I'm, you know, they think, and there's an expectation. And I would go in places and I think, every time I come here, we have an outstanding meeting. And I'd realize it's because those people were expecting something to happen. Yeah. Amen. They were pulling on the anointing of God. 
They weren't just sitting there like a frog on a log. Right? right? Hoping a fly might fly by, you know. Now, they were expecting something to happen. Amen. They, 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 you've got to watch this because what happens is you get familiar and the next thing you know, you, God's not moving any longer. That's what happened to Jesus. He couldn't do anything in his hometown. Was he anointed? Didn't he do a lot of things other places? But in his hometown he couldn't? Why? Because they knew him. He grew up there. Right? Well, how could he be anointed? How could he be a prophet? You know, he's got a mother. He's got brothers. You know, well, you know, guess what? Every prophet has a mother. <laughs> Every prophet has a father. There's somebody out there, all right? So you have to look beyond the natural and look at the, uh, the, the gift. You see, the church today, and I don't want to get negative, but the church today has got so uh, exterior-minded in other words, it's all a show. You know what I'm saying? I, I, unless I, I have the privilege the, the, of going into a lot of churches in a year's time to either be in meetings, uh, some of them I speak in, but just to be around. And, 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 and I just, I've just watched this. We've got to watch that we don't, we don't try to put on a show. That we try to, Instead, we try to touch God. Are you hearing me? You know, I was going to, and, and I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just teaching you. I'm just saying this by example, just, just to teach us. I was in a service one time, and it was a pretty large church. I mean, it probably, you know, it, I don't know how many were there, but it, it was large. And so I'll just say that, and there might have been 1,000, 1,500 and probably seat 1,500, maybe 2,000 people. But there were a lot of people there. I'm there. I'm a part of this conference, you know. In this conference, you know, and, and, and there all, all week, I think it was, if I remember right. But I'm watching this, and, and, and I don't think they meant this, but the praise and worship team, it's almost like we were having a concert. It's like they had everything going, like a concert, like, like I saw at Robert Stadium. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I, I just looked, I just noticed, and I looked at the front row. I'm on the front row. And I looked at all these, it is a long church, the sideways. I'm looking at all these people on the front row. Uh, and some of them are about my age. Some of them are a little younger. Uh, some of them are a little older, but I'm watching them. And I'm thinking, not one of them is worshiping God. Not one of them. Because instead of worshiping God, we're having a concert. Nothing wrong with a concert. But when it's time to worship, we worship the Lord. Yeah. Amen. We, did we, we worshiped the Lord this morning, didn't we? Did you feel His presence? But I'm saying, I'm thinking, this music is good. This show is good. The lights are good. But I'm looking down at all of my, some of these are my friends, you know, preachers from all over the country. I'm looking, and I'm looking at them and saying, they're all just standing there watching. They're not, they're not entering in because there's nothing to enter into. I mean, we, we, we've got to have a heart for God. I'm way off the subject. Are you with me? Did I tell you to go someplace? Forget Acts 14. Go to Romans. I was holding responsible for reminding me of that, and you did. All right. Your job is done, Pastor Jerry. Amen. Romans 15, go there. I want to read this. We're just talking about hope today. Well, what, was, what, what am I saying? Well, we had such expectation. And I was praying about this time frame. And it was like, I said, God, what was going on here during this time frame when we were seeing all this take place? He said, well, there was an expectation. Uh, prayer's right, but, you, but prayer stirs up expectation. Prayer alone won't do it. You've got to pray. But he was just saying that if the expectation's not there, if you're not expecting, if you don't have that hope, that extreme expectation of good. You know, people come up for prayer, you know, say, well, I hope God does something. Well, well, and they mean it, you know, like wishful thinking. I mean, no, that doesn't work that way. Listen to this. I want to show you something in Romans 15, verse 13. The Bible says, now the God of hope. Well, God's a God of hope. Yeah, well, how I many know if He needs hope? How I many know we probably need hope, right? Yeah. 
He fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we're, we're, supposed, to, we're supposed to abound in hope. Wow. Think about it. In other words, we ought to just wake up every day expecting things to change. If God needs hope, how many know we need hope? That's part, he, that's part of God's makeup. He's a God of hope. He's a God of expectation. Now you understand that um, God moves in an environment of faith. Let me know that. Where, where there's faith, where there's expectation, that's where God moves. We go back to Jesus, right, in His hometown. He could there do no mighty work, the Bible says, because of their, their unbelief. They didn't have any expectation. Uh, so what's the, what's, what's the remedy to that? Well, Jesus went about their cities preaching. Well, you've got, you got to learn what the covenant says. You've got to find out what God has promised. I've met people before, and, you know, for instance, I think about a couple of ladies I ministered to. They were older ladies. Uh, and when I say they were older ladies, I mean, I was young at the time, but they were really older ladies, all right? You know, I, back in those days when and I was in my 20s, I thought if you were in your 50s, you were an old person. I don't think that no longer. But these were really older ladies, like in their 80s, pushing maybe 90. And, of course, you know, that's getting up there a little bit, right? All right. So, but I remember both of those ladies, they had, they had issues, physical problem issues. And so, you know, I, uh, one of them, one of them grabbed hold of the Bible promises on healing, talked about them, confessed them, and got well, and lived to be, uh, I think she was 94 when she went home to be with the Lord. And she went home to be with the Lord without being sick. She just fell over. She was just talking, uh, and the, well, the person that was there with her said it looked like she just got ready to speak and didn't have any breath. And over she went. Well, the Bible talks about God takes their breath away. He remo- really, He removes their spirit. You understand? So there's two ways to die. You know, you can either, your body gets so dilapidated that your spirit has to leave. Not a fit house to live in any longer. Or your spirit leaves and your body loses its life. Right? That's the best way to go. That's the way this lady went. Now, the other lady, she's starting to have some physical issues, you know, and all. But I don't believe just because you're old, you have to be sick. I understand the Bible tells us that our bodies are wearing out, right? You don't, you know, you don't look as young as you did 30 years ago. Is that right? Now, you can talk, you can do all that, you can collar, you can paint your roof, you can get a new roof. I've been thinking about it, but Phyllis doesn't want me to get a roof for my head. I thought, oh, I'm still thinking about it. If I come in here one day at the roof, don't be surprised. <laughs> I've talked her into it. But anyway, you know, probably never will happen. But, you know, I don't, I, even at that, even, even, though, even though you're old and your body maybe is wearing out, you know, which the scriptures tell us that this outward man is perishing, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. Now, I don't believe that verse means your body has to be sick. It just means there's coming a time when, you know, uh, the old watch isn't ticking like it should. And it's just time for your spirit to leave. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so, but anyway, this lady, she's in her 80s. And so she's, she's, she's uh, uh, afflicted. She's a Christian. She loves Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. But she, she just doesn't, she's never been taught about divine healing. And so I remember I go to see her. And I talked to her about divine healing. Well, you know, it's a little hard. You can, you can share some word, but you can't necessarily stay sometimes long enough to get a person in faith, if you know what I mean. If they already know some things, maybe you can. So I gave her this book, Brother Teeds, called Christ the Healer. Is that a good book? You think I gave her the right book? He, I say it because he's been reading it. 
And uh, he, he, he's like me. I, I think it's one of the, outside of the Bible, I think it's one of the best books on healing ever written. It's fantastic. It's by uh, a guy's already gone on. His name's F.F. Bosworth. So I gave her this book. And you know what? I checked on her and I checked back and she never did read the book. And she died, you know, sickly, poor health, and it wasn't a really pleasant death. But yet, the answer was laying like three feet from her bed. Amen. I know it's in the Bible, but sometimes people have to have someone help them see the scriptures in the Bible. That's why we got teachers for, right? Right? So, so faith comes by he so so we can't have faith we can't have hope we can't have the expectation unless we know what the bible says with, your, with the like Ephesians says if you are a stranger to the covenants of promise you're without hope whatever area you don't know about you don't have hope for and you're without god in that area so you can have something but if you don't know about it it's not going to do you any good you could have an inheritance, but if you don't know about it, it doesn't matter. It's like the story I've told many times about, I think it was Mr. Moody, the pastor of the, you know, years ago there in Chicago, went to see a lady in his church, an older lady in his church living in poverty. She lived in poverty. And he went to see her and she had a document framed on her wall. And he said, what is this? And she said, well, I don't really know. She says, it means a lot to me. I used to work for an older couple. The lady died. I still worked for the gentleman, you know, cleaning the house, that kind of thing. And then when he died, he left that to me. And she didn't even know what it was. I don't even think she could even read, if I remember right. And so he said, well, you know, can I have this checked out? And she said, well, yes, as long as you're careful to get it back to me. So he went and had it checked out because he, he knew there was something to this just piece of paper she had framed and he went and checked it out and it really gave her a title stock into a certain company and she was worth millions of dollars she did not know it because she didn't know what she had that's the way with a lot of christians they're they're in church this morning and they love the lord they love they love jesus they're going to heaven they may be more holy walking more holy than some of us but if you don't know what you have, you're without hope. There's, there's no hope. What, nothing, nothing I have hope for. I, ain't got any, I don't have any hope because I don't know what belongs to me. Well, I don't want to be that way. How about you? Come on, are you with me this morning? I don't want to be without hope and without God in this world when I have a covenant with Him. I don't want to be that. We have to know what belongs to us. We have to take the time. To find out. Look at Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 13. The, I'm just talking about how you can't have spiritual, good spiritual health without hope. Just like there's got to be certain nutrients in your body. You know, certain things. You know, you get older, you know, you, you, you sometimes you... People put more, they take calcium supplements because maybe they need more calcium in their diet. Phyllis needs more chocolate in her diet. <laughs> what was it you told me? You said, quit talking about Oreos and peanut brittle because people start giving me Oreos and I put a, uh, what do you call that? A moratorium on that thing. I got to get all my big words from Pastor Jerry. I don't know why I try to use big words when he's not around. I don't have anybody help me moratorium on that, and uh, then I peanut brittle, you know. And Phyllis said, don't tell them that. Tell them you like chocolate and diamonds. And that's for her because, you know, I mean, chocolate's okay. I'll eat it. But, I mean, I I could live without chocolate. But, and I can live without diamonds. But, but anyway, I like chocolate and diamonds. Praise God. Because my wife says I do. Amen. Now, in Proverbs 13, <laughs> this is way different than last week, isn't it? But I hope you're getting something. It's a little laid back today. Proverbs 13, 13, no, excuse me, 13, 12, says, uh, hope deferred, look at this, makes the what? 
the heart's sick, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life. So, how I many you know without hope, your heart's sick? Right. Your heart, your spiritual health is, is not where it needs to be without hope. Right. Amen. Now, I'm going to say some things here, and I hope you, I hope you receive it the right way, because I, I think people need to hear this. Did you know, uh, um, we're not meant to live without hope. Right. We're not meant to. Spiritual health is shown in people that have hope. They have expectation. It shows they're in good spiritual health. It's like, like I said, just so in the natural, you can tell uh, if someone's in good health by, by uh, sometimes just by looking at them. You know, you can't always. But there are signs that, you know, they like, for instance, has anybody ever went and got a checkup? Just a checkup, just a physical. Well, I have. I mean, I've went and the doctor says, well, you know, there's a few things. He did one thing one time. And I said, well, you, you're never doing that again. Um, that was the last time you'll ever have the privilege of doing that. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it's just like that's not happening again. All right. That. I, uh, I don't care what's going on down like there. If, I'll tell you if something's wrong. <laughs> so, but he will order blood work, you know, like go get your blood checked. And so, you know, you get that reading out, you know, you get this level, this, this level. That, and they can tell by that whether you have something going wrong. There's signs there, right? And uh, so they, they, they can look at that and say, well, that's, that's, that's abnormal. Well, there's signs in your spiritual health that show that there's something not right. If you lose your hope, if you lose your expectation, then it's a sign something's wrong here. I need to find out what's wrong. Why, why have I lost my hope? Because us believers, listen, us believers, we got hope. Now, I want to say this to you because just think what God said in Jeremiah. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you thoughts of good and not of evil Amen. the king james I'm, I'm quoting the king james to give you an expected end all right now that word thoughts actually means thoughts in planning so like the new king james says i know the plans which is correct with the greek thoughts or plans is correct with the greek or the hebrew that place excuse me it's correct so I know, God, you could say it like this, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Well, thoughts and plans, if you think of that, they're the same thing. You're thinking about, God says, I'm thinking about you. I'm planning something for you. And it's to give you, listen, the King James says an expected end. What that means is a future and a hope. So did you know on my worst day, whatever that might be, whatever day that might be, the worst day when, you know, things are, you know, like the Paul said, the evil day, I still got hope. Why? Because, listen, I'm not just bound to this life. I'm going, I'm going someplace, man, when I die. Hallelujah. How, are you with me now? So how could I ever lose hope when I know what's ahead? You got to keep the vision of it, see. And I'm not saying ignore your blessings that you have now. I hope you understand that, right? But I'm just simply saying, worst case scenario, you never get another healing. You never get another financial miracle. God never does anything for you in the natural. Again, worst case scenario. That's not going to happen. But I'm just, I'm using this. I'm, I'm over preaching. You understand what I'm saying? I, I'm using some hyperbole here maybe. But just, 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 oh, just, just look at it this way. If nothing else happens, you know that the, your future is bright. But so much of the church today doesn't even think about an eternity any longer. We don't, we don't preach about it. You know what I'm saying? We don't think about it. <coughs> but it's reality. And you're sitting there and you're, you're 20 years old or you're 18 years old. You think, man, I got forever. Let me tell you, just yesterday I was 18 years old. Can I get a witness? Just yesterday... I was, I was walking. You know, one, I hope one of our granddaughters just graduated from high school. She sent me her pictures, you know, and I, I thought, well, that, that just happened to me. But unfortunately, in human times, it was a number of years ago. I don't even remember how many years it was ago. How many years ago was it, Pastor Chuck? Do you know? 
Long time. He's about as good as math as I am. Long time. Well, how many understand? That time went by really fast. Right? I have left less days left in the natural than I've used up. I used to could say I got a lot of days ahead of me. Right? But the truth of the matter is, honestly, I still got a lot of days ahead of me. I just won't have to carry this body around all those days. And I'm all for that. As good looking as I am. As fit and as shape as I am. I still don't want to be stuck with this body for the rest of my life. How many can say amen to that for yourself? Not for me. You don't want to get stuck with your body the rest of your life, right? Because God's going to... You know, I can't prove this, but I believe it's true. I believe once we get to heaven, we're all going to look like we're in our 30s. Amen. Right? I don't know that. But I just, just, kind, of th- just kind of think it. I kind of like it. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. Amen. And so yeah, I can show you pictures of what I, in some pictures I don't want to show you what I used. Greg's got one on his phone that he should not let out. It was in the rocker days. I don't know how he got that picture, but somehow he got it, and it's on his phone. Amen. And I think he tries to tell people that was him when he was young. <clears throat> now, how many understand what I'm saying, that, that no matter what, listen now, no matter what happens in life, good days are ahead for, the, for us because God has a future. He has a hope for us. Come on. It's time for me to quit. And I'm about ready to preach now. He's got a future. He's got a hope for us. And it's, it's going to last much longer than this little short sliver here on earth. One time Brother Greg sprayed an aerosol can or something and said, that's your life. Psst. That's what your life is like. Psst. It's a vapor. I don't mean to depress you, but I'm just saying if all you think about is just the natural, you will be depressed. If you don't realize you have something beyond that. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, once again, hear hear, hear the way I'm saying this. If you never got healed in this life, which I believe you will, because the price has already been paid. Matter of fact, you already are healed. But what I'm saying is if you never received it in this life, it's not going to be long until you're in the next life. And I guarantee you, you're going to be well there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you with me now? I think we get too caught up in the natural sometimes and what's not going right in the natural, what's not happening for me in the natural. And it can really hinder us. It can really cripple our life. God's got good things for us. Amen. Let's go to one last scripture. Did you get anything today? I'm going to close here. Jeremiah chapter 17. But did you know the Bible tells us in Hebrews, now the King James says it this way. Uh, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith, our faith. But literally, and I don't know why the King James did it this way, because uh, the King James is a, good, is a great translation. I, under, I studied the Greeks, I studied the Hebrew languages, so, you know, I hear Bibles say, well, this is a good translation, it's a good translation. Sometimes I'll study the Hebrew and Greek and say, well, they're not even close. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But some are good, some aren't. But in this particular place in the King James where it says, um, let us, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. It's, it's not the word faith. It's, it's the word alepus. It's the word hope, H-O-P-E. It's translated that by the, the King James Bible translated hope many, many, many times throughout the Bible. For that, well, that place they said faith. Now, it's not necessarily wrong. It's just, it's just not really what's being said. I'm sorry if that offends you, but it's just the truth. That's the original Greek, and you can look it up yourself. It's the word hope. So we're to conf- we're, and, and it's not a big deal, but I'm just simply saying we're to, ho- we're to confess our hope. Yes. Wait, what are you hoping for? You're supposed to speak it out of your mouth. Yes. Hallelujah. You're supposed to talk it. Right. What are you expecting? Now, you could say faith, too, because they work together. So the King James isn't wrong, and, and it's not wrong in, in faith by, say, you know, translating that word faith. 
But it's not really what it is. It's the word hope. Our expectation. What we're expecting. Talk it. Don't talk, don't talk what you don't want. Right? It's like the Lord said, told Brother Cap, Brother Cap said one time, he said, you know, the Lord said to me, he said, the Lord told me, I, the Lord said to me, he said, I told my people they can have what they say. He said, and they've been saying what they have. And Brother Caps used to go around, and he, and he and you remember this, he used to teach on, don't call the cat if you want the dog. Right. Don't call the dog if you want the cat. Right. I mean, the cat's not coming anyway, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You've heard that story about dogs and cats. I've told you before, you know, you're like if you feed a dog and you take care of the dog and you pet the dog, it looks up at you and, and worships you and says, you must be God. You take care of the cat, feed the cat, pet the cat, groom the cat. It looks up at you and says, I must be God. <laughs> but Charles Katz would say, don't call the cat if you want the dog. Call what you want. Confess what you're hoping for. Right? Don't confess what you're not hoping for. You've got to get an agreement with God to get some help. Amen. Get an agreement with Him. Now, here in Jeremiah, go there and we're going to close. Did you get something out of this at all today? I don't know. It's a little different today, I know. But I think it's been good for us. Amen. Jeremiah 17, go with me to verse 5. It says, Thus saith the Lord... Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm or his strength, whose heart departeth from the Lord. Now, I mean, if you put your confidence in natural things, now your heart will depart from the Lord in that area. That doesn't mean you're backslidden. But if you trust, let's just, just say, let, let's just say, let's use the area of healing. Of course, Thank God for the medical profession that's there to help us, right? right. But how I many sometimes we get things go wrong with our body that can't be fixed in the natural, right? Certain types of diseases are incurable, right? But how I many they're not incurable to God, right? right. right? He can cure them. Right. All right. So here's the thing: if all if all your if all your trust if all your trust if all your hope is just in what man can do, then your trust and your heart's not in what God can do. And He can't help you if you don't trust in Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to receive from God. You got saved by faith, did you? Nobody got saved accidentally. Nobody was just walking down the street and got saved and said, man, I'll tell you what, the Lord saved me. I'm so ticked off about it. I didn't want to be saved. How I many know oh, that's called N-U-T, nut, right? Because you, you have to want it, right? Now, all right, now listen now. Uh, he said this, for he shall be, listen, this is real important. We're talking about spiritual health, right? For he shall be like a heath in the desert and shall not see when good come. So good could come, but you're going to miss it. God could try to bring good by you and you'd miss it. Isn't that right? You'll miss it. You won't be there. You'll miss it. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. Listen, this is all, there's some spiritual connotation here. You'll be, you'll be in a dry place spiritually if you're trusting in man and not inhabited. Well, we could say this, not inhabited by the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God, inha- I mean, the Lord inhabits what? What does he inhabit? What does the Bible say he inhabits? He inhabits our praises, right? See, the Spirit of God inhabits certain environments, right? Faith environments. Boy, you got to know that. See, if you don't understand that, then, then, see, people, what happens is people get down, they lose their hope, and if they don't pick themselves up, they really are hindering God from helping them. I had a supernatural experience in 1985. I don't know how to explain those, but Jesus came into my room. And this may sound goofy to some people, but I'm just telling you what I know. That's all. That's all I can do. I didn't see him, but I I knew he'd come in. 
I don't know how. I just knew it by revelation. And I was going through a hard time, and I was, I, I was, I was just ready to give up. And somebody came to, to, to cheer me up. Somebody came to cheer me up. Another friend came to cheer me up, and I ran him off. You know, I, I, I just threw him, basically threw him out. Like, get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Go. And so um, I went and sat down on the edge of my bed, and I had a supernatural experience, and I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord. I didn't hear it audibly, but I heard it on the inside of me. Is, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, it's like, it's not audible, but it's almost like it is. You hear it so strong. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, I will cry with you all the way down and not be able to help you if you don't exercise some faith. That woke me up because I realized what he just said. I, I really paid attention to what he said. He said, I'll cry with you all the way down. That means I'm going down. I'm in trouble. I thought, I have got to change this. And I'm the only one that can. Right? So I've got to put myself, man, in the things of God. I've got to, put, I've got to kick myself in the rear end. Right? And cheer myself up. What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out of roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So the man that puts his trust in man, his hope in man, he's going to dry up. But the man that puts his hope and his trust in the Lord, he's going to be like a tree by the river. And when the drought does come, it's not going to affect him. Why? Because his roots are tapping into that river. Glory be to God. We sang it this morning. There is a river. Hallelujah. And I've lived here, you know, before I lived in the area where I lived, it was on a river. The city was on a river. Um, and I, when Phyllis and I got married, we lived in a city on a river. Not much of a river, but <laughs> it's still a river. They still call it a river. We went over, I was going to preach someplace one time, and we crossed this bridge, Deanne, and, and the name of the river was called Emberus River, but it looked like Embarrassed. Phyllis goes, yeah, I'd be embarrassed to call that a river too. <laughs> but that's here in Indiana. Some of you may have been across the Emberus River. But anyway, I've lived here in the Evansville, Newburgh area now for almost 30 years, 20, 27, 28 years. All right? I've never seen the Ohio River dried up. Never. And I've seen sometimes, you know how summer is around here, you know what I'm saying? Every summer since I was a kid, we go through dry spells. We go through hot times. You know what, today they call it climate change. And I'm like, yeah, honey, hang around. About November into November, December, we're going to have some climate change again. Oh my gosh, it's climate change, it's getting cold. No, it's called seasons. That's what the Bible calls it. But my point is, is there's always water in the river. Right? There's always water in God's river. You need to move your tree a little closer. Get your roots closer to the river. Amen. Because those trees along the river... They're doing just fine. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to be on a river a lot. My dad was a fisherman, and I would go fishing with dad as a kid. I mean, started when I was real little. And we'd sit out there, man, in that boat, in that hot sun for, for hours. Hour. I mean, dad would sit there all day. I mean, from, or, you know, from 7 in the morning till four at night, four in the afternoon or leaving, maybe even later. He'd sit there all day to catch fish, you know. And well, so I've got some familiarity with the rivers. Uh, and here's what I know. The trees along the river are always doing fine. They got a never-ending source of supply. Amen? Right? So 
If you want to have hope, you want to have spiritual hope, move yourself. You are, how many know we're the trees of the Lord, right? Move yourself closer to the river. Don't go out, like Jeremiah said, like a heath in the desert. Right? See, that's what my problem was when the Lord said, I'll, I'll cry with you all the way down. I'm out there. I, somebody's trying to cheer me up. The Lord sent them. I sent them on their way. That, that's just trying to stay in the desert. Get out of the desert. Move close to the river. What's a, man, be in the things of God. Be in His Word. Be in prayer. Listen to preaching. Be in the house of God. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Do the things. You're going to tap into some hope. And I want to say again, if God never did anything more for me, I got something to shout about all the way until I breathe my last. Because I'm not going to hell. And I didn't die and go to hell. I could have. I lived a lifestyle. I could be dead. I've prayed fire insurance prayers. I know what they're like when you don't think you're going to live. You know, used to be an old country song. Help me make it through the night. I can see you're well-versed in country songs. Um, but anyway, it was a real song. I'm not making this up. I don't remember who did it. Charlie Rich or somebody. But anyway, help me make it through the night. I would pray those fire insurance prayers when I didn't think I was going to make it through the night because I did too many drugs and I can tell there's something wrong and maybe I'm not going to make it. And uh, you pray those fire insurance prayers. God, just let me live, and, you know, and I'll serve you. And what that meant is if you help me make it, party on. God knew that. You know what I'm saying? But in His grace and in His mercy, somehow, I lived through it and I got saved and now I'm going to heaven and I can shout. Hallelujah! That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.